Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is the lombardi line with former nfl executive michael lombardi now here is your host stormy bonatoni on vsan the Sports Betting Network. Hour two of the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM coming to you live from Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas. Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Fontoble in with us, just ignoring me on the phone. Place, Sorry, placing I'm, a bet this time. Were you no, tweeting no, again? You're a big tweeter. No, uh, I was actually, uh, I'm in, I'm in, what's um, what I'm looking for? I'm efforting trying to find a place to go and uh, partake in the first round of March Madness. Oh. Where there are libations and, you know, comfy chairs and whatnot. So. I have a feeling in the city you'll be able to find somewhere pretty good. There's one <sighs> right behind us that's pretty nice as well. Well, there is, but, you know, because yeah, there is the thought of, like, I know people. I can go, but I don't want to do that. It's a busy time, you know what I mean? So I'm doing the proper channels, you know, spending money and doing all that. Proud of you. So grown. That's right. Um, yeah, March Madness is going to be a blast. I-, I love conference tournament week, too. It's hard for me to decide which... I like the idea of like these teams that are getting opportunities that they wouldn't like just as much as I like those early round upsets. I I get really excited when teams punch their tickets when like they never have before in their program's history or a massive upset in the conference title game. I like that kind of thing. That's too nice. It's too nice. Some people. Yeah, It's too like pie in the sky. Like, oh, look at the little guy. But I love that. that. You're you're a buzzkill. Let's talk some NBA here, though. It was a great day in the NBA yesterday. Lakers beat the Warriors again, this time in Steph Curry's return. Had double overtime Mm -hmm. in Knicks Celtics. Suns beat the Mavericks, and KD and Kyrie did not even look each other's way. Oh, and Emmanuel quickly Mm -hmm. is quickly moving up odds boards. It's very interesting because we had a conversation with Will Hill on the program um, the other day. That's right about this young man's potential to win sixth man of the year. You even had a podcast uh, episode, Hardwood Handicappers, talking about why Emmanuel quickly won't win sixth man of the year. Followed that that uh, that uh, podcast and tweet up with another tweet this morning saying that you've had a change of heart. And I can't really read sarcasm particularly well over a tweet, but but it apparently was not sarcasm. Can you give us any know. insight into the change of heart, Jonathan Von Tobel? Yeah, change of heart. I think Emmanuel Quickly's resume is, <laughs> is really solid. Don't BS a BSer. In fact, you know, I think you should be a minus 500 favorite. I think you should win the award. Um, so, look, sometimes sometimes things happen. Stormy, right? And you were, we are beneficiaries of good fortune. 
And it's a long NBA season, and sometimes you do things at the beginning of the year that you don't quite remember. So this morning, I may have been flipping through one of my apps and buried in one of the uh, open ticket sections was an Emmanuel Quickly 35-1 to ticket to win six man of the year that I bet back in October. So I'm all in. Emmanuel Quickly, <laughs> that resume's great. He should win this award. Um yeah, let's go manual quickly. Okay, so you have the 35 to 1 ticket that you didn't remember you had. You're obviously very pleased with that because if it were to cash, then like that payout is probably going to be, I would imagine, the best considering the number at length that it was for you and from a result standpoint. Do you actually think that the move that the market has made here is correct? So in all honesty, uh, I do think that this is still a little, it's also ironic. Is it ironic? I think I'm using this term properly that his game as a starter last night is what pushes him to odds on favorite for six man of the year because Jalen Brunson mm-hmm. ended up not playing yesterday. Yeah, I, Alanis Morissette should add that to the song. It should be. Didn't you already reference her today? No, it's, that was Cheryl Crow. Oh, okay. I'm just on one today with the music reference. Um, so I, I think, look, does Emmanuel quickly having a great year as a six man? Absolutely. But I am somebody who takes the of the year part very seriously. And if I were a voter, which I'm not, I would very much, of course, look at the entire sample size. And part of my problem with Emmanuel quickly as winning six man of the year is guys like Malcolm, Brog- Malcolm Brogdon, Norm Powell, even Bobby Portis have been doing what they've been doing consistently from day one onward. And even guys like a Norman Powell have been getting better as the year has gone along. And yet when it looks like when you look at Emmanuel, Rez- uh, Emmanuel Quickly's resume, the first 30 games of the season really stick out. He averaged under 10 points per game on under 40% shooting from the floor, not from three-point range. He was shooting about 38% from the floor and averaging nine points per game. That was the first 30 games of the season. So I I, I feel like that's too large of a blemish to get you a of-the-year award. And I, I likened it to this, and I wonder if you think what, what you think of this comparison. Brock Purdy, everybody fell in love with Brock Purdy near the end of the year, right? Everybody was like, this guy's great. He's leading the San Francisco 49ers. He should win rookie of the year. And my whole thing was like, guys, it's of the year. He started, yes, he started, what, the last six, seven games yeah, of the regular season? Yeah, he had a miraculous season. half a season. Right, but, but it was not of the year to win it over guys who had been doing what they've been doing as rookies all season long. But everybody, betting it, pushed the number down. I was called a fool multiple times because Brock Purdy should win this award. You don't see what he's doing with the 49ers. And what ended up happening with Brock Purdy? He finished third in rookie of the year voting. So I think that voters tend to look at these big pictures more often than we think. And I'll give you two recent examples. Last year, Cade Cunningham had a really strong end to his rookie season. And everybody kept going, he should win rookie of the year. And my pushback was, no. The first 25 games of his season, 30 games of his season, were very poor. He was inefficient. He was not putting up very good numbers. And guys like Scotty Barnes and Evan Mobley had been doing much more as rookies than Cade Cunningham had been throughout the entirety of the season. So what ends up happening? Cade Cunningham finishes third in that one, despite everybody pushing for it. Or Trey Young and Luka Doncic all those years ago for Rookie of the Year. Luka was awesome from day one and on. And yet, the market in the last two months of the season was like, Trey Young's great. He should win Rookie of the Year. No, he shouldn't. He was only good for two months. And then we get this. So I'm really interested to see because, again, when we talk about these awards – These moves are not predictive, okay? This is not information that is out there that is pushing this. This is narrative and liability that is pushing this forward. Voters have not made their votes known. There's been like one or two people maybe who have spoken on it, and that's the last part of this like little spiel that I'm on. When you listen to voters, people who have votes talk every once in a while. Stan Van Gundy was on a Clippers broadcast the other day. He rattled off like four guys that he thinks can win six men of the year. Never once mentioned Emmanuel quickly. 
We've heard podcasts of guys who have named a guy like Norman Powell about a week ago as the front runner for six man of the year. So I'm just saying that while there's this narrative push, I do wonder if the market is really overreacting. And if at this point, if you're out there, maybe a Malcolm Brogdon at plus 105 or mm-hmm. Norman Powell at 20 to one, if he's not going to miss that much time is worth your while. Yeah. Emmanuel quickly. Now your odds on favorite minus 130, Brogdon plus 105 and Norman Powell, who you just mentioned sitting at 20 to one. And even to go back to your NFL reference with rookie of the year here, like Brees Hall, if you're going on a half a season sample size, right. like, but you talk more about Purdy because of recency bias. And so like, that's, Again, just like going into this narrative because something happens later on in the season versus the start of the season, then it's looked at and viewed differently. Um, so, having said that, I just switched my profile picture on Twitter <laughs> to Emmanuel quickly, and uh, let's go. Um, okay, so JVT every single day does write ups for the NBA card of the day. There's six games today. If you go to vison.com, you can get his breakdown or any of his articles at vison.com/slash JVT. I'm running on fumes a little bit today, home at 1 a.m. after a five-hour flight home from D.C. for the XFL game that I was covering yesterday. And quick turnaround for me, getting back here on the desk and prepping the show this morning. Did you sleep or did you power through? I slept, but this is just more makeup piled on my face from yesterday. I did not wash my face. So that's, (laughs) you're welcome, world. This is a little inside baseball for you. Good details. But made me think about kind of the Celtics turnaround and what they had to go through. Because what time did they land last night? They're playing in Cleveland today. Yeah, so they're playing in Cleveland today. It's the second leg of a back-to-back. After double overtime last night against the Knicks. Correct. And um, let me see. I want to make sure I get the exact little time right. Because we have both of these times. We have the time that they landed, and we have the time that they got to their hotel. They landed at 2.15 a.m. Eastern. And according to Sean Grandy, who does play-by-play for the Celtics, they got to the hotel at 2.50 a.m. Yeah, so I'm exhausted, and I just have to talk to you. Right. Um, I can't imagine having to actually, like, physically exert myself and be mentally and physically in place to win a game against a tough opponent. <laughs> so I am, I am fascinated by this game. And I wrote about this this morning in the article where this is such a good test of situational handicapping versus power ratings and where numbers should be. Okay. So let, let's just look at this from this example. We, we've mentioned everything that we talked about, right? Double overtime, second leg of back to back, getting in late because of that double overtime game going uh, where, you know, going as long as it did. So you're already in a disadvantageous position if you're the Boston Celtics. However, let's go back to when these two teams played just a couple of days ago because they just just beat about five days ago. So the Celtics closed as four-and-a-half-point favorites. Remember, they opened up a six-and-a-half-point favorites in that game. So if we're going from the just the closing number, that would translate to Cleveland minus one-and-a-half. This is not Cleveland minus one-and-a-half. This is Cleveland minus (laughs) six-and-a-half. Now, there are injury concerns. Malcolm Brogdon looks like he's not going to play for uh, the uh, Boston Celtics if a, a true six-man-of-the-year candidate would play. Um, we have maybe questions about, uh, uh, what's his name? Jason Tatum, sorry, I'm getting excited. And other players that are maybe going to sit out the second leg of a back-to-back. But all of that factored in, is that worth what is now what we're looking at, Stormy? What are we talking about? A 13-point swing from where the game opened up the last time these two teams met to where we're at right now. Well, and Donovan Mitchell also, like I know he's questionable with the hand sprain, but like, even if he does play, maybe he's not his normal self, like the version of him we saw against the Celtics a week ago. So that's an even more fascinating angle. So first off, he should play. He sprained the finger, but he was actually cleared to return in the game against Detroit, but they were up by so much. He ended up just not going, you know, there's no risk uh, in putting him out there and it's on his off hands, not his shooting hands. So you would assume that he's going to play in a really important game. But the market does this all the time, where if he's announced as available, we'll still see a bump of like a half point to maybe a point. So you can get to the point where when these two teams met the first time around, it opened up six and a half, closed four and a half. And I should also point out, remember, you and I were on the air the next day. Remember how the Cavs covered that game? 
It was a 13 to 4 run by your guy Darius Garland with a bunch of threes that got them inside that number. It wasn't even close. Correct. So I I think it's fascinating. So I did ultimately, before the number really got out of control, I laid two and a half in the first half with Cleveland. Situationally, right? Everything we talked about here with Boston, figuring the number would move. I went in and played Cleveland first half, but now you're up to like. Three and a half, potentially getting to four for a first half number, six and a half, seven maybe for the game. It's a fascinating test of situational handicapping versus like looking at ratings and numbers and where these should be. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see how it plays out later today. Is this a game that you might consider live betting as well when you get in? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, look, we talked about all these teams right in college, uh, in college basketball, right? Second half is usually where fatigue maybe kicks in for some of these teams. Maybe it's the other angle, too, where the second half is where you come in against Boston, depending on how competitive it is. But I thought first half was the way to go here. Okay, quick time out here on Lombardi Line. When we come back, there's still five more games to discuss in the NBA, so we'll get if you have another best bet or anything like that that you really want to share, as well as the news and notes around the NFL. Derek Carr is officially heading over to the New Orleans Saints, and franchise tag deadline is in 24 hours. Don't go anywhere. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. I don't know where Michael Lombardi is vacationing for this time away, but I hope it's somewhere that he's getting some sun, you know. Calling him pale? No, no, no. But I'm just saying like he's Jersey's, a shut in, like Jersey, he needs to get out. No, I'm saying Jersey's probably really cold right now. I mean, you can still have sun. And he's, oh, he's in Park City, Utah, so he's going somewhere just as cold. I wonder if he's getting some mm, skiing. Boring, too. I'll, have to, I'll, I'll listen to GM Shuffle today, see what the lowdown is on his vacation. A lot of soda out there in Utah. What's wrong with soda? It's not alcohol. So one of my favorite things when I worked at the Mountain West, because I had um, a boss of mine who was Mormon, and he went to Utah. He lived in Salt Lake City forever. I could always count on him when I didn't want to grab drinks before a work event that Like, we could get apps and zerts and soda, and it was going to be a wonderful day. Because I don't like drinking before I have to work. Like, even if it's just a glass of wine, I'm very headache prone. I'm just not about it. 
but give me apps and zerts so we would just go off and it'd be a beautiful thing. Apps and zerts. Apps, zerts, and sody pops. Okay. You hate everything uh, about yeah. this conversation, uh, uh, don't you? Okay, let's wrap up some of the NBA talk, though. Six-game slate tonight. Um, we already talked Celtics-Cabs, but anything else that really stood out to you on the on the docket? Not really. There's a lot of injuries uh, to monitor as you're kind of going through the card. The, the one that doesn't have a lot in terms of – actually, no, they all do, right? So, the, for example, like Philly at, at Indiana. So, Philly opens up 6.5, total of 233. Tyrese Maxey has, of course, been inserted back in the starting lineup, so Philly's offense is uh, – the floor is a lot higher. 122 points per 100 possessions. Starting lineup has a plus 16.7 net rating. Problem today, Tobias Harris, P.J. Tucker, both questionable to play. So that's two of the starting five potentially that could not play here against Indiana. On top of that, Pacers do match up somewhat well. One of the weaknesses for Philly, transition defense, 21st in opponent points added per 100 possessions through transition offense. And who leads the league in points added per 100 possessions through transition offense? The Indiana Pacers. So bad matchup, some questionable guys in the starting lineup. Not really one where you're comfortable playing now. Just sit back and wait and see. You know, confirmed information is worth like a point maybe. You know, right? So, like, I'd be willing to, if you liked Philly, I'd be willing to lay seven, seven and a half if I knew that Tobias Harris and P.J. Tucker were going to be out there on the floor. Um, and the same could be said for the rest of these games, right? New Orleans at Sacramento. Aaron Fox is still questionable to play. That's a really big impact on what could be the total. that These uh, two teams, the, the possession could really change or the speed of the possessions could really change. If De'Aaron Fox is out there, this could be a game where both teams get up and down the floor. And if he's not out there, it could be a little bit of a quicker game, but nowhere near the pace that De'Aaron Fox pushes out there. Okay. Um, you're going to laugh at this, I, I think. I was on Saturday, I was watching the XFL game that okay. was on. And when it ended, I looked at the score of the 76ers Bucks game. And I apparently read the clock wrong. I thought that there were two minutes left in the game. Bucks were up heavy, mm-hmm. and I texted in my group chat to my other like XFL colleagues that, oh, well, okay, don't even need to turn that game on. Mm-hmm. It's over. And apparently it wasn't two minutes left in the game. There were 12 minutes left in the game. Massive difference. And so Harry Douglas, my colleague, was like screaming at me that I Gucci cursed the Bucks and this whole thing because I was like, oh, yeah, the Sixers, they, they suck. They're terrible. And then Pretty they rough. come back. You could have got them 17 to 1 on the live line to come back and win that game. 48 points in the fourth quarter against arguably the best defensive team in the NBA. And that's. I think it speaks to having Tyrese Maxey in the lineup now. Yeah. Again, like your, your floor is raised. There's the trade off, right? Anthony Melton's a pretty good defender on ball in the backcourt. However, he does not increase your offensive efficiency the way that a Tyrese Maxey does. So do you trade off a little defense to really put Tyrese Maxey out there? Tyrese Maxey is a transition offense in his own right. He can rip it, and he can run with the best of them and speed the 76ers up if they need to. He fits really well off ball next to a James Harden, doesn't need the ball in his hands. So I'm, I think moving forward, and also going back to kind of bring it a little full circle with our six-man-of-the-year conversation, it effectively eliminates Tyrese Maxey from the six-man-of-the-year con- uh, conversation, and it does open this door as somebody who does have, and I remember this one, a 76ers ticket at about 24-1 to win the NBA Finals. People like me, our colleague Sean King, who has a ticket on them as well, and others, it gives you a little bit of confidence that, hey, maybe Philly can actually break through what is that clear, like that ceiling, it seems, and get to that best of seven and push a Boston Celtics and push a Milwaukee Bucks if they need to in the postseason. I, I think it's a really, it's, it's just one result, but it's a really big result for Philadelphia, obviously. 
In the NFL, the big news of the day, Derek Carr is going to be the new quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And uh, maybe our producer, Elliot Bowman, can get in my ear here. We thought we had details emerging from Adam Schefter. There's going to be four years, $150 million with $100 million guaranteed. And immediately you have to imagine that the Lamar Jackson and um, like Daniel Jones' ears perk up hearing that $100 million guaranteed. But um, I saw that on Adam Schefter's Twitter feed, and, and now I don't see it anymore. So I don't know if that changed. Oh, it was from Ian Rappaport. That's why. Okay. Then that all makes sense. Yes, it does make sense. That comes more together. A quick rewind, by the way. The Celtics just tweeted out their injury report. No Jason Tatum today either. So no Al Horford, no Jason Tatum, no Robert Williams. This number is now nine. It was was like six and a half when we were talking about it. So just one, just an update. Just an update. Good deal for sure. Okay. So what do you think when you hear those numbers for Derek Carr? I guess it's a going rate for a quarterback, right? I mean, it makes sense that that's we. I mean, we talked about this with Daniel Jones. He is he is demanding the price that he is for a reason. This is kind of the going rate for dudes. And Derek Carr, as we mentioned, like I, I did this. We do this with Russell Wilson, for example. And I don't think it's fair. So I'm not saying by any stretch we should do this with Derek Carr. But I bring up Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson had one bad year, right? And now everybody's like, he's done, dusted, gone. He's unfixable. And I don't want to do that with Derek Carr when I say he's coming off of his worst year, right, as a quarterback, and which is statistically true. So there's probably still a high ceiling in there. And if you believe that he is a quarterback that not only can get back to where he was as a passer and the two, even the two years prior, and also that he raises your floor enough to compete in the division, it's going to be worth the price tag like that. Just curious. Apparently, um, it's restructured a little bit to accommodate the Saints cap issue, so it's Seventy million effectively fully guaranteed. He gets sixty million at signing, another ten in year three, vesting after year one. So um a hundred million in total guarantees, but doing things a little wheeling and dealing, similar to what he did um a year ago when he re-signed with the Raiders. Yeah, I'm no cap expert, so I wonder if there's an out like the Raiders had essentially for this year. That after a year they're like, see ya. I mean, it, it would seem that way if it's front loaded like that, but you're also paying up sixty million, so that's still something I don't fully like. I, I never really fully grasped when they gave that deal to Derek Carr to mm-hmm. begin with. Like, why? Because Josh McDaniels didn't have any time or experience with him at the time. Like, why would you want to invest in it? And it, obviously, they were able to get out of it, and it's not going to matter now. But it's it just they, felt odd. Yeah, I think they structured it in a way that we knew that this was kind of going to happen. And it did seem. I mean, look, this has been like two years now where they were flirting with other options at quarterback, the, the Las Vegas Raiders. So that did make some sense. I don't understand what it's like to watch $60 million hit your direct deposit. That's something that would be crazy. Well, so now, will $60 million hit the direct deposit or not for uh, Aaron Rodgers? What a segue. (laughs) Sometimes, sometimes. Um, But there's still questions arising. Like, legitimately, I have heard people saying they still think retirement is not off the table for this guy. What happened? I I thought he wasn't dragging this out, right? We were on here last week. I thought we were talking about coming out of the darkness retreat, stepping into the light. And talking about, like, I've made my decision. I'm at peace with it. I'm not dragging this thing out. It's been almost a week. Yes. And so March 15th is going to be here in a matter of, what, nine, ten days? Mm -hmm. That's, come on. Like, we need more information. And the last time we heard Brian Gutekunst speak publicly, they hadn't even had any discussions yet. I I don't, look, I don't get it. Rogers is a character. I'm also, like, I mean, frankly, because we just talk about this all the time, and he has a point. Like, we don't know anything, so you're just speculating. But I, I thought you brought up a good point in the first hour, which is it did seem you, they, we had the report over the weekend that Derek Carr was leaning toward the New York Jets. And then we get the news today that he's signing with the New Orleans Saints. 
So that's either incorrect reporting, which is obviously a, there's, a, there's a possibility that that's correct. But there's also a chance that the Jets were his top choice, but they were like, okay, cool. Let's just see if the hotter person comes around first, mm-hmm. right? You just chill. We want you totally, but we want that guy more, right? And so maybe he got that sense and was like, all right, well, then screw this. I'm yeah. just going to go to the New Orleans Saints. So I, I think that's an interesting dynamic, which is, does that mean that Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets, or does it just mean that the Jets screw themselves and are going to try to get Aaron Rodgers, but ultimately he could retire and they're sitting there, you know, with no chairs left to sit so in? So that's what'll be interesting reading the tea leaves here. Is like Derek Carr getting the feeling like, okay, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is probably going to be what happens here? I'll be the first domino to fall. I'll sign with the team that I mean, the Raiders were. We were. I met with them when we were contemplating a trade. Like they were trading, thinking about trading for me. Um, Saints are going to be a place that makes a lot of sense for me. Let's just do this. The Jets could have potentially, if Aaron Rodgers is not going to be the guy and the missing piece mm-hmm. that they think could be really, really hosed now. Mm-hmm. Because what are your other options on the table now? Because like, are, what are you going to go and get into the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes? Or are you going to get Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Or are you going to get a, another subpar, lesser than average quarterback that's just better than Zach Wilson, or are you just going to have Zach Wilson? I don't know. Do you, like, that's a really interesting situation. Do you, I mean, look, they're 13th in the draft right now. Do they all of a sudden become a viable candidate to draft a Will Levis type? That's also another. In, in, no, I don't see them doing that because you already missed in the draft once, like well, right. two years ago. It's right. So, I mean, why wouldn't you then? I mean, we see. And you're going to go to another prospect that's got upside, but not. Arizona Cardinals. Arizona Cardinals drafted Josh Rosen in the first round. After one year, they were like, this guy stinks. The Rosen. Yeah, and what did they they get? Kyler Murray. Murray, And that hasn't exactly been fruitful. He's better than what they had, and he could be pretty good. But do you want to give up more draft capital to get a guy who could be pretty good versus an established guy who we know is? I'm not allowed to answer that. These are the questions. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a VSEN Pro subscriber today and get everything you need to bet the madness this year for just $19. Whether you're filling out a bracket or betting against the spread, our team's here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. But only VSEN Pro subscribers get unlimited access to our stuff, daily best bets, tools like betting splits, plus the Big Dance Bracket and Betting Guides. These guides have in-depth breakdowns of all 68 teams, Cinderella's bracket predictions and picks on every tournament game from our experts, including Brent Musburger and Greg Hoops-Peterson. Sign up today, get the betting guides, plus full access to VSIN through the end of the tournament for only $19 at vsin.com slash subscribe. Welcome back to the Lombardi line alongside Jonathan Von Tobel. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Bring in... Former almost decade-long NFL wide receiver, Mike Pritchard, now VEASAN host and NFL analyst joining us. He'll actually be on the desk with me tomorrow here for the Lombardi line. And Pritch, the madness has extended not only from college basketball, but to the NFL offseason. And we finally have the first domino to fall in the quarterback carousel today with Derek Carr to the New Orleans Saints. What'd you make of the news? You know, Stormy, it had to happen. And great to be with you and JVT today. Um, uh, I give Derek Carr a lot of credit because uh, he had a no trade clause. Let's go over the history of this. Uh, and this to help betters to understand the dynamics of the business of, of National Football League. Uh, so the no trade clause. And so he could have been traded to the Saints, right? Uh, the Saints would have absorbed what the two year contract worth 40 million, uh, I believe, uh, over those past those next two years on his contract. 
But what Derek Carr did is he nixed that uh, and forced the Raiders to release him. Uh, and so what Derek Carr and his representatives continue to do is build a market. Carolina, the Jets, uh, the Saints were involved, um, Indy. I mean, all these kind of rumors. But what it did is created a market to where now Derek Carr gets a four-year deal, right? So uh, he's in an outstanding situation, I believe, because he's going to a team finally that can support him with a playoff caliber defense. Uh, he's got familiarity with Dennis Allen as the head coach. So uh, it's all comfortable for Derek Carr. Now all that's left for him is to prove his naysayers wrong and go out there and win a playoff game. If he can do that, uh, then certainly he's kick-started his career in a different direction uh, than where it was going uh, with the Las Vegas Raiders. Pritch, really quick, the last on the financials. So I'll read it to you like this. So we get the, the structure. You know, it's four years, as you mentioned, $150, $150 million. Not oh, just $150. $150 million. $100 million in total guarantees. However, Kevin yeah. Cole from Pro Football Focus, uh, and uh, previously Pro Football Focus, put it this way. You can read this contract as two years for $30 million and then a $10 million cap hit for the Saints in year three if they want to move on. So it does right. seem like it's one of those deals. It's somewhat similar. Well, it's a four-year deal. It does seem the Saints have a somewhat cheap out after two years if it's not working out. Yeah, they do. But the $40 million, I think they were asking him to restructure right. that if he could, you know, and uh, who knows what the guarantees would have been. But it's a proven situation still for Derek Carr. Uh, but he also has that, that four-year possibility, too, as opposed to the two years in a restructured. And who knows what that would have turned into. Um, but he did create a market. You know, I don't know if it was a frenzied market, uh, JVT, to your point. Uh, but he did uh, create some leverage into where he could get that opportunity for those four years. So, uh, yeah, you're right. The numbers uh, still are similar. Uh, but I, I think for Derek Carr, the opportunity to get out from the, under that structure of that previous contract was something pretty appealing to him. Pritch, when it comes to the NFC South, the Saints have now become the favorite in the division at plus 130. Uh, something mm. we talked about earlier is that maybe could there be opportunity to buy in on another team who could get a quarterback themselves or to you now with Derek Carr, the Saints, the clear best pick in the division? Well, I had a ticket on the Saints to win a division, uh, plus 350 last oh, so year. Got it on. Oh, oh, I thought you meant already this year. Oh, so did I. No, no, that was... Three to one before the season started. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, okay, Jameis, and uh, he was going to be okay, and he broke his back. Uh, and, yeah. and they went to Andy Dalton, but they still have a playoff caliber defense. That The wild card, to your point, though, Stormy, and Will Hill talked about this, too, uh, on, on the program, on the Barty line, you know, Atlanta. Uh, and this Lamar Jackson flirtation, I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think is real. Uh, and so certainly if you want to get out in front of that, if you can anticipate anything like that happening, uh, he checks all the boxes for what Atlanta wants to do offensively is can they get a deal that way? Uh, we'll see about the non-exclusive franchise tag uh, situation. We'll see about the ability of Lamar Jackson as an agent uh, to ah. leverage himself and, and you know, basically sell himself to Atlanta to where they can go up and give out two first rounders to get his services. The thing about Lamar Jackson, and and here's where I would call the Ravens bluff a little bit. If they do put the, the non-exclusive franchise tag on me, uh, I would immediately hire an agent as soon as I sign that, right? So I could have my agent go out there and, and broker a deal. Uh, and therefore, I wouldn't have to do it as Lamar Jackson. But I don't know if he's savvy enough to do that. Um, but th there might be an opportunity for Lamar Jackson to end up in Atlanta. Yeah, I just I don't see him doing that because he's played so much hardball and has been so firm with himself and his family monitoring his representation. And it's interesting because it's like he's continuing to bet on himself, and if they do do the non-exclusive franchise tag, 
than, you know, he's saying, hey, somebody out else out here is going to come in here and pay me what I want to be paid. And the Ravens are probably out here hoping, OK, well, let's let's see if somebody is going to. <laughs> right, um, and so right. um, but the Falcons, to your point, they're a team that we really thought was all in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes a year ago. And then the Browns were so desperate that they did the deal that they did to get him. So maybe Lamar Jackson could be the fit there with Atlanta, with your former team, Pritch. Um, let's talk a little bit about the NFL Combine, though, because um, you were obviously paying very close attention to everything that was going on down in Indianapolis. What are what are Pritch's points? What were your big takeaways? <laughs> well, my biggest takeaway is, okay, okay there's going to be hype. So this Bryce Young thing, because his odds increased. I mean, I think he was minus 185 to be uh, the, the number one overall pick, I believe. Uh, is that the market? I, I want to get the market correct and, or the first quarterback either um, way. For overall, uh, it's minus 190, I believe, right now. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's still climbing. I mean, he's a quarter of an inch away from being 5'9". Come on. Seriously. Uh, I, I could have went 316th, but I, I rounded it up to a quarter of an inch from being 5'9". So some GM is going to defy history uh, and select this guy as a number one quarterback off the board or the number one overall pick, who knows? Uh, and to me, I just don't, I don't, I'm not buying into that. I mean, I know that's, that's my point now. And, you know, maybe betters are all over that. Uh, but you have a CJ Stroud with the similar, uh, if not the very same skill set uh, as a Bryce Young. And, and then also he gives you the probability of lasting longer in the National Football League as a, as a franchise quarterback. So uh, to me, I, I don't know, I don't know what the love affair is about Bryce Young. Uh, because of that size. It's harsh, uh, but it's true. Uh, and then the wow factor uh, of the athleticism of Richardson, I, I think the media is hyping that up. So as a better, I mean, we have a long process, right? We still have two full months of evaluations to go on to take place. And I just don't know about the hype compelling me to make a bet uh, on, on a high draft selection for Anthony Richardson. I love the athleticism. It's incredible. He's a very explosive player. Now, fit uh, I think could help out Richardson and there's some teams at the top uh, of the draft or drafting and in top 10 that has a good fit for Richardson. But in terms of skill set and overall play making ability at the quarterback position uh, to me, it's all about CJ Stroud in this year's draft. So Pritch two points. First off NFL combine should take a, say uh, take a flyer out of the book of the NBA combine. Let's start measuring these guys in the spikes. Okay, come on. Give my guy Bryce on a little credit. It's going to be like a quarter yeah. of an inch taller. He's not getting shorter. <laughs> But I think the, the real point, and I think I, I really love what you're saying here. So we were tracking this on Saturday during Live Bet Saturday. So we're watching yeah. these guys in the combine, and we're watching the market freak out over Anthony Richardson. And I thought the dynamic was awesome because Richardson was number 11, C.J. Stroud was number 12, and you would watch Richardson come up and throw, and it was fine. And then you'd watch that combat, like that compact, pristine throwing motion from C.J. Stroud, the accuracy. I was amazed the way the market moved because, if anything, and you read some of these scouts that came out of the combine – some called that one of the best throwing drills from a quarterback they've seen in the combine ever. Totally agree with that too, JVT. Put it this way. Um, Tom Brady worked his entire career on perfecting his release. Uh, and he had the quickest release uh, in the National Football League. Turned into the GOAT. C.J. Stroud is already there. Uh, so now he's about to get professional coaching. He's about to get uh, NFL coaching to where that release point or or that grip, or or basically they're going to fine tune what he already has from a skill set standpoint. To me, that just uh, puts him in the stratosphere in terms of what his ceiling could be. Uh, to be honest with you, in the National Football League, he can move around the pocket. We know that he's accurate with the football. He's played with Alave, Wilson, uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. 
uh, Smith and Jigba. I mean, he's played with all these guys, right? And and it's like, gosh, he's just going to step into the National Football League, I believe, uh, with that skill set uh, and really have a chance to uh, uh, do some special things in his career in the National Football League. Well, and something that I thought was impressive about his throwing session that I mentioned a little bit earlier was like, yes, he had those couple passes to his former Ohio State teammate in Jackson Smith and Jigba, but like, Everybody else was those are two guys that he's never thrown the football to before. Right. And it was just dime after dime, the accuracy and precision. You mentioned the throwing motion. Um, Pritch, awesome stuff. Really appreciate the time and excited to have you here on the desk with me tomorrow. Absolutely. Stormy, look forward to tomorrow. JVT, uh, keep doing your thing, man. Uh, you ca- you're helping me cash some tickets in the, in the association. <laughs> Good hey. talking, buddy. Thanks. You too. Mike Pritchard at M.I. Pritchard, of course, former longtime NFL veteran wide receiver. And we are so fortunate to have him here at the network. So he'll be on with me tomorrow at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern. We're going to take a step aside, wrapping things up on the Lombardi line when we come back. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notify, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points. You can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets and bet insurance tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas? You can also convert your BetMGM points into BetMGM Rewards that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Las Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets. Bonus bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. We are wrapping things up. 
Live from Las Vegas on the Lombardi line, Stormy Bonantoni and Jonathan Von Tobel here with you. Um, you want Jay- a Shane McClanahan update? I know you've been dying for yes, spring training Yes, give it to updates. me. Nice. Let's go. What is it? What do we got? What do we got? 29 strikes on 39 pitches. So it's looking good for Shane McClanahan. And don't forget to tell people about Japan. No, I'm not going to take credit for that. Actually, I'll <laughs> say this. VEASAN.com. Um, not only does Adam Burke have a fantastic World Baseball Classic preview, which starts tomorrow, by the way, starting today up on the website, he is releasing his team previews. Ooh, so okay. they're going division by division. I can't remember the exact rollout, but that started today as well. So a lot of good baseball content going up on the website or already up on the website, vcin.com. And as Adam would remind you, if you are not a subscriber, you get 10 free articles. So it's not like one of those where it's like, you know, three or five, you get 10. Mm-hmm. So you can read through the World Baseball Classic and the division that he has posted already to see if you'd like it and more of what we have. But check that yeah. out on the website, vcin.com. I mean, also while we're on vcin.com, you can also find our betting tips, um, pro tips, where every single show does one at least per show available, um, searchable by sport and by show on the website. But for this show today, we're going to bring it back to the NFL Combine conversation that the betting market might be overreacting here to Anthony Richardson's performance. Keep an eye out for draft position props and head-to-head draft props for an opportunity to maybe fade the hype here with mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson. You were looking at you know head-to-heads that were up there with whether it be Will Levis, which had been taken down, or um, C.J. Stroud, buy in on Stroud there, that type of thing. Yeah, I didn't see personally a matchup with C.J. Stroud, but the Anthony Richardson and Will Levis one was up, and that's going to be a fascinating one as we kind of move forward. And that's back up now. And see, this is so this is a great example. So it's back up. It's up to minus two fifty for Anthony Richardson to be selected over Will Levis. Before the combine on Saturday, it was minus one forty. So because he ran a fast forty, because he he set the record of the vertical, the market has decided we are going to bump this probability up to minus two fifty. That is something that I think is very much in overreaction to some workouts. Good workouts. But I don't think that really increased the probability by that much. And thus, there's value. I think you bet in Will Levis in that matchup. And there will be value when more of these matchups get hung up. Awesome stuff. Now, JVT is also, in addition to just being like an all-sport analyst, you are obviously our NBA betting expert as well. Have the podcast, Hardwood Handicappers, downloadable wherever you get your podcasts or vcin.com slash podcast for the whole breakdown. Um, But six games Mm -hmm. in the association coming up today. And we went through a couple of them. We did talk Celtics, Cavs, and a little 76ers, Pacers. Anything else on the card that's worth acknowledging tonight? You know, like the, the problem with the card like today, so it's already pretty short, and there's injury concerns littering every single game. So we can go to Detroit and Portland, for example. Okay. It is not the sexiest game in the world by any stretch. Portland right now, six to a five-and-a-half point favorite, total of 229-and-a-half. But you gaze at the injury report really quickly, and you see that, okay, well, for Detroit, you have Killian Hayes, who's questionable. You have James Wiseman, who's questionable. You're already missing a couple of guys on this roster already. Boyan McDonavich uh, with his Achilles issue, too. So Jalen Duran has been out for a while now. So, like, when you look at this, it's like, okay, it's an injury list that is questionable for some key guys. So you can't really act unless you know the information on their lead guard. And you can't really act on any other information because you don't know what's going to happen. And the Pistons, Pistons, excuse me, the Trailblazers already missing Anthony Simons. He injures his ankle a couple of days ago, so they're a little down in that regard. Not the best situation for the Portland Trailblazers coming off the second leg of a back-to-back, so they're playing with no rest after they uh, got a win over the Orlando Magic. So you kind of, all right, let's scratch that one off and let's move on to the next one. So let's go to the next one. We already talked about Philly and Indiana. I think the one game where you have equal footing on both sides is actually a really important game. It's Atlanta on the road against Miami. This is the Southeast Division. Yes, we still have divisions in the NBA, and they still matter to a certain extent. They also matter when myself and Kelly Bidlin have preseason tickets on the Atlanta Hawks to win their division, and they need to win this thing. But I, I thought this was an interesting angle to look at for 
player prop bettors and whatnot who who enjoy that sort of thing. So the Miami Heat, if you want to look at a large sample size, Stormy, going back to last year, if you include just the regular season, the Miami Heat five and one straight up and against the spread, or five zero oh, and one against the spread against the. Uh, let me see if I get this number right for you because I don't want to give you any misinformation. So excuse me. Five and two straight up, five one and one against the spread in their last seven regular season meetings with the Hawks. That includes their entire series last year and the three games they've played so far this year. If you include the postseason, because remember they met in the playoffs, they are nine and three straight up, eight three and one against the spread in their last twelve overall. They have been the Heat a pretty good matchup against the Atlanta Hawks. And the things that has really stuck out is Trey Young. In the three games that he has played against Miami so far this year, he has averaged only eighteen points per game and shot twenty eight point six percent from the floor. So abysmal numbers for Trey Young, a guy who regularly averages high numbers, especially in the mid-20s, but his assists go up in these matchups because the Heat are clearly getting the ball out of his hands. He only averages 14 shot attempts per game against Miami. That is by far his lowest against a team that he has played multiple times this year. And so maybe an angle in this game, if you want to foe back the Hawks in this sense, it would be to either go on a low point total for Trey Young. It's 23 and a half this morning, pretty low for him. Or you go over assists, which is set at nine and a half, slightly shaded to the over. I think about minus 115 or so. And I haven't looked since like about 430 in the morning. So maybe it's shifted here in the next couple of hours. But I think that's maybe the way you're kind of looking at this. But for my money, the Hawks have been so wildly inconsistent on a night-to-night basis. As much as I need them to win this game, uh, I am going to sit back and watch and just get angry at the fact that they probably aren't going to do that. But I think Trey Young is a really interesting dynamic here. Because if you think the Hawks are a little bit more live in a rematch, because these two teams just played a couple of days ago, I would look to bet some of his player props over, whether it be points or assists. Good stuff. 7.40 Eastern time, tip-off out there in Miami for the Heat and Hawks going head-to-head. Um, not in action tonight, but they were yesterday. The Golden State Warriors, Steph Curry made his Boy. return to the court. Um, it was slow starting, shall we say. We another <laughs> another loss on the road as well yeah. for Golden State, and those numbers just continue to get worse and worse. 7-24 and 24 on the road, to put that into perspective for people, the only teams with single-digit road wins um, along with them are the Hornets, Pistons, Rockets, and Spurs. And 9-22 and 22 <laughs> against the number. Yeah, the not, not good uh, whatsoever. That loss last night to the Lakers, um, Anthony Davis had a really, really solid night. Again, they're still waiting to see if they can get D'Angelo Russell back on the court here soon. The Western Conference is shaping up to be weirder and weirder with how tight the standings are right now. Well, how tight the standings are and the other teams were kind of falling apart, right? So we haven't mentioned on the show yet. So the Memphis Grizzlies last night, they go to Los Angeles. They're playing the Clippers. It's the first game where John Moran has to serve what is now, we talked about this. Yeah, the, the, the shifting language around John Moran's status has been kind of weird. It was initially at least two games. Then it was two games. And now the language is indefinite. So we don't know what that really means for John Moran. They had Dylan Brooks serving a suspension. They still don't have Steven Adams. They just lost Brandon Clark to a torn Achilles. So this team now is extremely thin Memphis. They are not going to get a couple of these guys back because of injury, and who knows what's going to happen with Morant down the stretch. So they can start to slide in the standings, and they've already been a team that kind of looks weak. So to your point, when it comes to the Western Conference, I mean, the teams that are all of a sudden showing you the most consistency are the one-seed Denver Nuggets, the Phoenix Suns in their new look roster, because Kevin Durant looked great yesterday with the dagger against the Dallas Mavericks that ultimately led them to a win. It's some weak stuff from Devin Booker we can talk about. Um, and the Sacramento Kings, yeah. who, while they're not good defensively, at least consistently night to night, will give you a very elite offensive effort, especially if De'Aaron Fox is out there. So you're right. Like, the West is weird. I, I still wouldn't I mean, sleep on Golden State. but y- Yeah, but I'm just looking like, okay, 11 and a half games back. Three games separate Golden State and the Lakers, mm-hmm. who are in the hunt, not even in the play-in based on this scenario right now. Yep. It's, it, it's, it's wild. It's crazy. <laughs> 
And, and when you look at what, and we've talked about this before, but just to keep your eye on that play-in tournament for right now, imagine if the Lakers make their way into the play-in and then Zion Williamson comes back before the postseason. You're talking about a play-in that could have the Dallas Mavericks with Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic, the Los Angeles Clippers with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, the New Orleans Pelicans with Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram, and the Los Angeles Lakers with Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Yeah. Uh, like, that's that's crazy. Then that, again, that's if LeBron James comes back in time and if he's going to be healthy. That could be a murderer's row in that play-in tournament. What is the latest on on that three weeks? Yeah, three weeks when and he's he going to be reevaluated, okay. which means the Lakers in the standings are going to be reevaluated. And if they're out, like three games out with a little time to play, there's going to be no point in bringing them back. We sadly don't have enough time now because I waited so long to ask you about the John Morant stuff. So maybe we can get into this when you are back on the desk on Wednesday. Um, very curious how you think things are going to play out with his situation and when he gets back on the court. It's been such a weird deal. It's been, it hasn't been a good year for John Morant for off-court stuff. We'll put it that way. It has been a little distracting for John. And you really hope that as an NBA star that has his caliber, he could be like the guy for years to come that he kind of gets it together. Well, we'll save some more of that conversation for Wednesday when JVT will be back on the desk with me. As for tomorrow, Mike Pritchard, who we heard from just a little bit ago, he will be on set beginning at 9 o'clock Pacific, noon Eastern. Shout out our producer, Elliot, uh, Andrew, McHale, everybody behind the scenes making this show go. Really appreciate you. And uh, join us tomorrow. But that's a wrap for today's edition of the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.